You're listening to Broke. We bring you stories about what happens at the intersection of poverty and life. I'm Joanne Goldblum. I've spent my career working with people in poverty. I'm joined by my friend Colleen Shaddix, a journalist whose beat is social justice. Today, we're going to talk about internet access, which has become particularly important now for students and workers as we are all working remotely. That's right, Joanne. Um, A study by Carnegie Mellon University and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology found that kids in low-income and minority households were less likely to have high-speed access or indeed any access at all compared with their peers. When families receive SNAP, they're significantly less likely to have access to the internet. Yeah, and it's funny. You know, you take that and we know it, and we know it's true, yet is every school district in the United States working remotely right now? Is there, I think so, right? I think just about, yeah. I mean, there may be a few still in session. Um, Of course, it's time for school to end, but we don't know that COVID is going to end come August and September. So we're expecting all students to have access to the internet, everybody in the U.S., And we just know that's not true, right? 21% of all U.S. students live in households that receive food stamps. And those families are 16% less likely to have access to high-speed internet. And 10% of those are less likely to have internet at all. Yeah. So if you can't, you know, if you don't have internet at all, you can't go to school. Right. And and something we know, you know, completely separate from COVID, in that areas where poor and non-white children had relatively lower test scores, they were less likely to have access to internet. Right? So we know that. And so what are we saying? Are we saying we don't care? Well, pretty much, yeah. Um, you know, people do have a constitutional right to equal access to education. Mm-hmm. So it's illegal <laughs> to to move school to an online affair without making sure that every child has access to the internet. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've dealt with situations like this before. You know, in 1936, we passed a law, the Rural Electrification Act, and the federal government sent electricians out to put up power lines and to wire houses because we decided that this was a level of civilization. This was a basic need that every American should have. They should have electricity in their house. Mm -hmm. That's true of the internet now. The internet is a basic need. Right, but we we don't treat it like that. You know, we just, we just don't. And, um, you know, you read a lot, I've I've looked a lot at what, you know, sort of low-income school districts are doing, and lots of them say that they're getting every child a a laptop and every child some sort of, you know, internet device. But it just isn't possible. We know that. We know it's not happening. We know on the ground that it's just not being implemented effectively for lots of reasons that don't necessarily have to do with the school system not caring. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the school systems are in a horrible place. You know, what are our options? Are we going to say that nobody's, that we're just going to write off 2020? Nobody's going to go to the next grade or everybody's going to go to the next grade and we don't care what they learn? Of course, if you don't have internet access, it's not only messing up your kid's school experience, it's messing up your family socially because mm-hmm. you can't keep in touch with friends and relatives at a safe physical distance. And, you know, we're hearing over and over, this is what you need to do for mental health. You need to find other ways to connect. So that's out. You can't, I can't imagine looking for a job now without the internet. So hard. Absolutely. I mean, um, do most people even put ads for jobs in newspapers anymore? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, you know, and one thing also is, like, what if you've got more than one kid in the house? You need multiple devices. Right. And and how... There's another cost. Right. A big, a big cost. Um, you know... And, and I think that we really don't um, consider that. It's a big cost. It's also a big time commitment. You know, like there are people who I know who have kindergartners. Kindergartners can't work remotely. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 independently, right? So they need to be supervised if they're doing work, you know, most of the time. How can you work while you're supervising a kindergartner on the computer and helping your second or third grader do their work? Yeah, it's very, you know, I mean, I'm sure that you've dealt with people professionally right now who have kids at home. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, you can tell it when you are on a Zoom call with a parent. Oh, yeah. You can tell sure. it. The stress level is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's it's not doable with a young child to to be working. Somebody needs to be paying attention to them. Right. Absolutely. So it's. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really crazy. And I mean, one thing that I think is also really, really just something big to think about is. In low-income areas, many, many children go to libraries to access the internet, right? Libraries are closed, you know, and so some school district have, like I was reading that there are some school districts that have sent like Wi-Fi equipped buses Mm -hmm. to park in the YMCA parking lot or the school parking lot for a few hours, um, you know, but but again, that requires so much from parents to do mm-hmm. while they are theoretically working. And of course, many low wage jobs, you know, the ability to work from home is primarily a professional person's ability, right? I mean, service jobs don't allow them you know, that, that there's you can't work from home yeah you know and many you know many many low wage jobs are service jobs retail restaurants um you know other things like that um and so if 
if the parents are still going to work, how can they be outside the YMCA trying to get internet? Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of problems with the model, right? I mean, it's an expense that we're putting on the least resource school districts because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, if you're teaching school in Darien, all your kids have internet right. access. If you're mm-hmm. in Waterbury, not so much. Yeah, no, I think that's um, absolutely true. And it's really, really uh, I guess, you know, all the things we talk about, Colleen, that we always talk about are, you know, depressing and so indicative of true systematic problems that we have in the United States. But COVID is just bringing it to light in this way that, you know, nobody Nobody should be able to look away from this. Nobody, regardless of what's going on in your life personally, should be able to look away from this and think it's okay. Well, you know, that really rings true with me because I was thinking earlier that we're focusing on the internet now, but we always know that Mm -hmm. kids have been denied education because of material resources. We know that there are kids who stop going to school in the winter because they don't have clothes. We know there are kids who are missing class because they have to stay home with younger siblings because their parents don't have access to affordable daycare. Right. There are all sorts of reasons why not having resources keeps you out of school. And our big speech to kids in poverty is stay in school, study hard. Right, right. Well, can they? No. I mean, how? Right. And also, you know, teachers are stressed. Like, so we're doing all of this. How are they supposed to grade kids? Mm-hmm. You know, are kids going to fail? Are some kids going to pass and some kids going to fail based on their ability to access internet? Winter coats tend to be something that parents provide for their kids to get them to school, right? Okay, you know. But this is something the school is saying. It, it's not, you can't, the school is saying you have, you this is this is school now this is how you have to interact with us i'm sorry you don't have the tools to do it but we're going to grade you based on this even though we know you don't have the tools yeah that's messed up colleen it is messed up um it is also something that you could go to a board of education meeting or just write your superintendent about you could ask if they have surveyed kids in the district mm-hmm. to see who has access and who doesn't. And mm-hmm. if they are going to make modifications in grading based on whether or not you have internet, it seems reasonable. Yeah. I mean, it, it really does, right? Um, but again, Colleen, I'm so upset. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to be upset about. And there always is. And I I do, I wonder 
if this could be the beginning of a discussion in school districts about the resources children really need to get an education Mm -hmm. and some kind of commitment to making sure they get it. And I'm not saying that it should come out of the school budget. Obviously, that's not practical. But you are always the optimist. Together. Well, you know, <laughs> what's the alternative? I don't know. I, 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 I really don't. Um, and, and what's going to happen next year? You know, what, what's the long term? Who knows? Yeah, because we don't know what the long term is with the pandemic or if there will be other pandemics. Right. Right. Is this the new normal? Right. Another thing that occurs to me could be to get in touch with your members of Congress and ask for universal Internet access. Ask for the government to take a role the way it did in electrification, the way it did in telephone access, Mm -hmm. to recognize that you can't function very well without the Internet these days. I guess if you're, you know, making sculptures living off your trust fund on a mountaintop, you can, but I couldn't, I no, couldn't live right. if I didn't have the internet. You're absolutely right, Colleen. And I think that that's, you know, there's lots of, um, there's lots of things that people can do. All right. So don't give up people. Don't be depressed like Joanne. <laughs> don't be like Joanne, be like Colleen. <laughs> That's how we could end everything. Yes, I'm working on the needle point. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So thank you for listening to Broke. Do you have a story about how poverty is affecting your life? We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at AmericanBroke at gmail.com and we may invite you on a future episode. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you, Colleen. 